This is Peter Worf for the WRCJ WKAR Radio Network and this live Detroit Symphony Orchestra broadcast from Orchestra Hall in Midtown Detroit. Thomas Wilkins leads this weekend's Classical Roots Concerts. He's the music director of the Omaha Symphony Orchestra, principal conductor of the Hollywood Bowl Orchestra, and holds a youth and education chair with the Boston Symphony Orchestra. I had a chat with him earlier this week in the WRCJ studios, right across the alley from Orchestra Hall, and we started our conversation about Beethoven, new music, and the historic significance of Lift Every Voice and Sing. It was certainly the, the, the uh, rallying cry of the civil rights movement, for sure. Uh, but I think one of the things that, that I love about it is, is, the, is the, the, the poetry and, the, and the, the real everyday life, going to work, eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich-ness uh, of the text. Um, it is hopeful. Uh, it is... Um, it, it, it always speaks of the promise, um, you know, it, it always speaks of the reality, you know, God of our weary years, God of our sovereign yeah. tears, that, that kind of thing. I think just like any great hymn, when the text is so inspired to inspire us, it gives it the quality to withstand the test of time because it's, it's always meaningful going forward to every generation. It does look back to difficult times, and, and yet exactly. it does look forward to right. A hopeful future. Exactly. Tell me about the new work that'll be premiered on the program by Inkiru Okoya, uh, which has its roots in Detroit, yeah, in, she, in the text. She says she spent time here, um, and she was fascinated by the story of this Black Bottom community, which was essentially, um, you know, they thought they were being photographed and filmed for, uh, photographed really for historical purposes. And really what, what, what was happening was that the authorities were documenting the fact that this was a, a shabby, run-down neighborhood so that they could justify tearing it down, when essentially what they were trying to do was to get rid of, get rid of a, a segment of the population from a certain segment of town. Uh, and, and so she interviewed people, and she did work at the library, and so much of, that, much of the text of this, some, a lot of the text is just scat and, and humming and wailing of some kind, uh, she puts these two tribute pieces, much like the promenade from Mazorsky's pictures at an exhibition, uh, where it's just, it is just for the purpose of getting us from one story to another. She tells us the story of uh, one lady who was, uh, her house was on the corner of Brush and um, now drawing blank on the, on the second street. Uh, apparently there was, a, there was an ordinance that said that black people couldn't own property mm. on the one. She, she was on the corner of these two streets. Um, and, and so what this woman did was she tore through the wall and made a door on the quote-unquote legal street. So her address, Brush and Ferry. So she all of a sudden now she lives on Ferry, not Brush. I mean, it's, so it's, 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 it's terrific. Um, uh, so, yeah, all, all, of that, all of that text is inspired by life in Detroit. It's really interesting to think about uh, this piece that we're going to listen to in the program and look at uh, current events of the day and Interstate 375, which in many ways helped to destroy that neighborhood, thinking about filling that back in in the right. next few years. Yeah. That's, that's in the news now. Yeah, the same thing happened in Chicago. They had to figure out a way for people to get from uh, their jobs downtown Chicago to their house in the suburbs when, when there was white flight. Right. And so they built these gargantuan highways, right. uh, and in the process, they left behind 
entire communities uh, because now there's there's it's not fair to say that there's no way in and out, but there's no thriving life in and out of those right. communities because most of the life just sort of floats over them on 94 or 90 or whatever. The, the Dan Ryan are. Expressway, exactly. the JFK, exactly. in, with the elevated highways right. um, separating communities exactly. from each other. Tell us about uh, why Beethoven's uh, Fifth Piano Concerto shows up on the Classical Roots program. Well, the easy answer is because it's Beethoven. Right. You know, and, and the other easy answer is because this is the, this is the year that we're celebrating Beethoven. I remember once doing a, a, a concert of film music in L.A., and uh, we did a Q&A afterwards, and someone wanted to, me, wanted to know, because I work in Hollywood, they wanted to know what is, what was my, what's my favorite piece of music from film. And my answer was, it's the slow movement of Beethoven's Seventh Symphony, which is in the King's Speech. In this grave, our... Perhaps the most fateful in our history. I send to every household of my her peoples, both at home and overseas. this message. It was at that moment, I was watching it with my wife and two kids who were young at the time, and that movement came on at this seminal stop spot in the film, and I looked over at my kids and said, okay, I'm off the fence. Beethoven is truly the greatest composer who ever lived. And I think it's because Beethoven, like Mahler, they know how to get to the core of us, uh, and they, they can do it without words in a way that makes us say, yeah, that's exactly how I feel, or that's exactly the person that I want to be. And when you get to the, when you get through the conversation that we, that your soul has with itself in the slow movement of this Emperor Concerto, right. and that finally, there is, there's not even a break between the second movement and the last movement, and then all of a sudden the flourish of the last movement happens, and it's preceded by an, another few question marks, starting and stopping at the piano and the orchestra, and we don't know where we're going, and then Beethoven thrust us. Into the, into the joy of the last movement, all of our humanness listens to that moment and says, yeah, that's, that's what I was built for. And if for no other reason, because of what this concert stands for, uh, it makes the Beethoven even more appropriate. I'm speaking with Thomas Wilkins, he leads the Detroit Symphony Orchestra in a program this weekend, including Beethoven's Emperor Concerto, a new piece by Inkiru Okoya, and the famous American anthem, uh, Lift Every Voice and Sing. Maestro, you've also, you've also spoken about Beethoven not being afraid of a groove. 
I've heard you talk about that <laughs> yeah. before. And it made me think also about Beethoven's Seventh Symphony. The last movement. And hearing that last movement, you also spoke of it. But I remember hearing it for the first time in person as a, a younger guy mm-hmm. with the Cleveland Orchestra. And I was sitting uh, up front, maybe like row two or three, on the cello side mm-hmm. in that last <laughs> movement. Yes. Where they play that two-note pedal. Right. And it just right. felt like a heartbeat. Right. And that's the groove, isn't it, right. really? I mean, right. we all have a groove all right. the time. And well, and and uh, and even at the beginning of the movement, the cello is basically going, da, two, 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 two. You know, it's like they're telling the orchestra, don't give up. You know, this is too much fun. And look, we know Beethoven didn't know the word groove, but his heart and his soul sure knew what a groove was. You've also spoken in past interviews as your job being one where you equip people to leave the room better. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked that turn of a phrase. What did you mean by that? Well, I've said to, I've said to students and to, quite frankly to grown-ups as well is that here's the thing that we have to understand. This music was here long before us, and it will be here long after we're gone. And we as humans will never measure up to its greatness which means that when we approach it, we have to approach it with hearts of servants, as hearts of servants, so that we can be out of the way and we can be the conduit so that this music can reach the listener. The most important people in the concert hall are not on stage. Um, and in doing so, we, we get to understand that the, the job of great music in any genre is to really equip us to be better human beings, to think differently about ourselves, to think differently about the world, maybe to even believe something better about ourselves. And if our egos get in the way of that, then not only have we done music a disservice, but we've done our fellow human beings a disservice as well. The anthem by James Weldon Johnson and John Rosamond Johnson, Lift Every Voice and Sing, opens the concert. Uh, This weekend with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra, also on the program Black Bottom, a premiere by Mkira Okoya and Beethoven's Fifth Piano Concerto, The Emperor. Thomas Wilkins is in charge. Thank you, Maestro, for coming in today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. For WRCJ, this is Peter Wolf. (laughs) 